Hello, and welcome to the Learning to Slay the Beast podcast, a resilience podcast where we talk about all the challenging things that we're working to overcome, like anxiety, obesity, health, and relationship issues. My name is Sarah. I have spoken in previous episodes about my family's experience with a disorder called PANDAS, Pediatric Autoimmune neuropsychiatric disorder associated with streptococcal infections. PANDAS is a relatively little-known disorder that presents with psychiatric issues like OCD, anxiety, tics, emotional lability, aggression, and regression, among other symptoms. It is also the subject of my middle-grade novel, Pendulum by S.E. German, in which an 11-year-old boy talks about his life, including his struggle with PANDAS. This week, I am so thrilled to welcome Dr. Jennifer Barr, naturopathic doctor and founder of Resilience Naturopath in San Diego, California. She's an expert in pandas and pans and has been treating patients successfully with homeopathic remedies. I'm really looking forward to this conversation and hearing her wisdom about treatments and bringing more light to these disorders. So welcome, Dr. Jennifer Barr, to the podcast. I'm really excited to speak with you this week. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for asking me. So why don't we get started with you providing a quick overview of your background and then also letting us know how you got interested in treating pandas and pans in particular. Uh, So you want the long version or the short version? (laughs) A long one. <laughs> okay, so uh, so I'm a naturopathic doctor, um, and so just for anybody who's not familiar with what a naturopathic doctor is, um, we go to a four-year naturopathic medical school that's comparable to an MD or a DO. Um, the two year, first two years are relatively um, identical with a few small exceptions. The second two years is where it really differs. We're focusing on integrative and natural health um, from the get-go, so we do a lot more focus on nutrition, botanical medicine, uh, physical medicine, homeopathy. My program actually includes acupuncture, so all sorts of natural opportunities to help with healing, um, as well as the more uh, conventional side. So all the testing and uh, medications and everything as well. So that's the what, what my training is in. Um, I specifically focus on homeopathy. And that came about... Uh, <laughs> sort of organically through my own personal health experiences. Um, So when I actually started naturopathic medical school, I didn't intend to focus on homeopathy. It was through my own, um, my own experience with my conventional doctor who told me that the only way I could have a child was to, um, to basically do this ridiculous therapy um, that sounded barbaric to me because the medications that I was on were not compatible with pregnancy Um, And so I decided to try homeopathy and it ended up being really, really the most powerful medicine I've ever experienced. Um, And so I figured out that I needed to learn how to do it. Um, The intention was to always focus on the mental health realm um, because of my own personal history. And then um, my, my family history as well. We had a lot of mental health challenges. Um, And so I wanted to help kids too, in particular, because my stuff started when I was young. Um, mm-hmm. And so I was doing a general health focus or general mental health focus practice and pans and pandas kept showing up. And I didn't really understand why it kept showing up, um, but I was having success um, treating it. And so of course, you know, pans and pandas moms really help each other out. And so when they said, Hey, I've got had success with this doc, um, give her a call. More and more people kept coming. Um, So I wasn't specifically looking to treat pans and pandas. It just sort of fell in my lap. And then I figured out after the fact why. Um, And the the reason I think that I ended up 
finally embracing it and deciding to focus exclusively on working with families with pans and pandas is because I really got these kids. I got them from a, a perspective that um, you can't really get from a book. And mm-hmm. I realized the more I learned about pans and pandas, I realized that I actually had it as a child. And so did my brother. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah. And so, uh, so like all of the, the mental health diagnoses that we'd been given and the medications that we'd been given that didn't work quite the way that they were supposed to and had all sorts of other complications. And um, it, it, it makes sense. It all adds up. I had every single symptom of PANS as a child, with the exception, I, I didn't have really, really bad tics. Um, mm-hmm. Um, but I had basically everything else. And so did my brother, um, including like the sudden onset, the association with, um, you know, fluctuations associated with illness. And, um, you know, I even had my tonsils taken out like a lot of kids with pans and pandas do. And, um, I'm going way down the rabbit hole. So I apologize, but, uh, had a big flare, um, after all of that and everything too. So, so I would, I would say that like pans and pandas wasn't something I necessarily got interested in. I actually fought against it quite a bit, um, but it found me and it kept coming for me. And then I realized it's because, um, I have this, this ability to connect. And then ultimately, um, I was fortunate because of my experience with, uh, discovering homeopathy and using it for myself. I did get off all of those medications that were incompatible with pregnancy. Um, and I fortunately did finally get pregnant and I had my daughter, uh, almost 14 months ago. Oh, wow. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, and so now, now the reason I continue to do it is for her, because as I'm sure you are aware, there's a tendency for pans and pandas to sort of run in families that we're mm-hmm. finding more and more. And so I know that given the fact that I like 99% certain had it and my brother also 99% certain had it, um, there's a chance that she could have it. So now I'm doing it for my daughter, really, mm-hmm. and for because all of the families that we serve could be my family just as easily. Absolutely. And you're right. Like so many times, a lot of that motivation comes from our own experience, but then our children too. So that's, mm-hmm. that's super interesting. So why do you think that pans and pandas are so challenging to treat? Oh my gosh, because it involves everything. It involves mm-hmm. the nervous system, the immune system, the gastrointestinal system. Um, it just, it, it is so complex. I mean, even endocrine can get involved in in many ways too. It's, it's very complex. Um, and because it's, um, with, at least in the conventional realm, one of the reasons it's so hard to treat is because we're chasing the bug or the inflammation associated with pans or pandas. We're not chasing what's actually the problem, which is susceptibility. So, um, when you think about it, it, if it was just the bug that was the problem, then, killing the bug would make it go away and it would never come back. And anybody who got that bug should also get the same symptoms, right? So if strep, right. in, in this um, instance of pandas, strep does not cause ticks and OCD and rage and um, urinary incontinence and behavioral regression and academic regression. It doesn't cause that in everybody who gets it. You know, if you were to get strep, you would probably get a sore throat and a fever and in a few days after a round of antibiotics, you'd be fine. Mm-hmm. But the kiddos who have pandas, they have like no, oftentimes no signs of strep. So it's not the bug that's causing it. It's the way we, re- we react to the bug. Um, and so that's what really makes it so challenging is that we just don't have tools in conventional medicine that actually treat the susceptibility. Um, and the only thing that really actually treats that susceptibility is homeopathy. Um, and then with homeopathy, you know, it has its own set of challenges where, you know, we um, the way homeopathy works is we have to actually match a remedy that's made from a single substance found in nature 
to the unique expression or symptoms that the kiddo is having. And so we've got over 3,000 remedies we can choose from. And so we have to really understand the nature of PANS, the nature of PANDAS itself as a condition, plus the unique expression that the kiddo in front of us is experiencing so that we can find that one best fit. And so that's the challenge when it comes to homeopathic medicine. But for conventional medicine, it's we just don't have the tools to actually address that susceptibility. We just have things to go in and try and like put out the inflammation, change, you know, try and like temporarily modulate the immune system by giving intravenous immunoglobulins or killing the bugs with antibiotics or antibacterials or antifungals, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that's one of the reasons that it's so challenging. And then on, in addition to that, there's so many things that can be triggers for these kiddos. So, you know, pandas is the one that we, most people are most familiar with, but that's just a subset of pans. So pandas mm-hmm. is where the trigger is strep. Pans is where the trigger can be so many things. It's, it could be any number of infections. It could be mold. It could be um, environmental toxicants. It's all sorts of things can actually trigger. It's anything that, I mean, even allergens, um, you know, like ragweed can cause flares for some of these kiddos. It's anything that the body's immune system is seeing as a threat and having this inappropriate misdirected response um, to, and that that's why it can just, we, we can feel like we're chasing things nonstop. It's like, we figure out this, if you're just, you know, trying to kill things or squash things um, using antibiotics, antivirals, antihistamines, yada, yada, you find one thing, but then another thing pops up and then you find that and then you, you find something to squash that and then another thing pops up because the susceptibility hasn't been addressed, if that makes sense. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And we have totally experienced that um, with my son, for sure. So I know you started to talk a little bit about the approach of homeopathy, but can you go mm-hmm. into a little more detail about the treatments that are are working in some cases, maybe for pandas pans or, or sort of your general approach? So um, with homeopathy, like I said, we use single substances found in nature. And the way that homeopathy is is recommended, um, they're very, very dilute. So I first should first say that um, they're very dilute, which means that they're very safe, um, but doesn't mean that they're not very powerful. They, they can, in fact, can be quite powerful for these kiddos um, because these kiddos are just so sensitive. I mean, I guess that's mm-hmm. something I didn't really like conceptualize um, with the last question that you asked me, but um the way I've sort of conceptualized it is that these kiddos are not really, you know, quote unquote sick, even though people will say that some of these kiddos can be like among the sickest people. Um, I don't really see them that way. I just see them as very, very sensitive because the things that they're reacting to are things that are generally not good for anybody. They're just having a very exaggerated reaction to it. Um, And so they're like the canaries in the coal mine for us, right? They're telling us all of the things that if we just got rid of all of these these things that are happening in the world um, that these kids are reacting to, that we would all, as humanity, probably be healthier. Mm-hmm. Um, so back to the reason I bring this up is that, you know, homeopathy uses very dilute um, forms of these natural substances that um, we can find throughout nature, plant, mineral, animal sources are what they're primarily made from. And what we have to do is we have to match them to the symptoms that these kiddos are experiencing. And once we find that good match, it generally, it stimulates the body to heal. Um, and so um, I don't know if I'm really quite answering your question. Yeah. Um, oh, no, no. Can you give me more, yeah. If you have any more specifics that you can help direct me, that would be great. <laughs> yeah. So in the case, like uh, maybe you can dig into how you match the symptoms. So mm-hmm. do you look at sort of the whole list? I mean, I know, for example, like with my son, there's kind of a specific list for him versus another mm-hmm. child, another child. And then is it that, you know, some 
of the remedies may target multiple or do you kind of, is there yeah. a combination okay. that you're using? Yeah. Fantastic question. So what we practice here at Resilience Naturopathic is classical homeopathy. Um, there's a lot of different schools of thought with homeopathy where people are, you know, generally, of course, always trying to make it easier, better, faster. You know, um, we really focus on the tried and true method that was um, established over 200 years ago and that has stood the test of time and still is quite effective today. Um, and so, we do a single remedy at a time. One okay. thing that's really fantastic about homeopathy that makes it so well suited for kids with pans and pandas um, is that it is a, a whole person medicine. So what we're looking at is not just the symptoms of pans. Like you can't come into a homeopath and say, um, I would really like the OCD that my kiddo is experiencing to go away. Can we just focus on the OCD? That won't work because oftentimes even the thing that you're most concerned about isn't necessarily the thing that's going to give us the indication for the remedy that we need to stimulate mm -hmm. healing. So we have to look at the totality because the reality is the OCD might not be that unique. It might be pretty common, like to any of the kids who have OCD is one of their primary concerns with pans or pandas. So the OCD itself might not be unique, even if it's the most problematic. What might be okay. unique is the bowel function or the um, a type of anxiety that they have that's not related to the OCD, but is very specific and unique, or it could be a rash that they have could be um, what's the most indicative. That being said, even if we're looking at some of the physical concerns or things that you consider to be like tangential, like if this stayed around forever, I could deal with it. Please, please, please just focus on get rid of the OCD or get rid of the rage. Mm -hmm. um, even when we're focusing on these things that seem like they're to the side, they could actually still show improvements in the um, the main thing that you're that you're concerned about. Um, so we always have to look at the totality, the global symptoms, and we're always looking for improvements as a whole person. Um, and the reason we really have to focus on this is this is a truly healing uh, approach. And so when you think about it, like our body, our brain, everything is connected. Um, so when we heal, we heal as a whole person. So we really that's one of the ways that it's, it's really different and why we have to take a look at the totality of everything that's going on. Okay. And one of the ways that it's totally different than conventional medicine, for sure. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and, and, you know, you're definitely not going to leave um, when you're seeing a classically trained homeopath who's actually practicing classical Hanumanian homeopathy, you're going to leave with one remedy and not a whole list of things to do. So it's, you know, oh, okay. parents too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, and I think one of the things that's been surprising to me is sometimes there are things going on that you don't even know is a panda's thing. Like I've had that experience where, you know, I get questions about, well, what about, you know, does he ever have this kind of rash or have you ever seen this type of behavior? Or whatever? And, and you don't even realize that it's something. I think that's, that's um, really eye opening, but it makes sense yeah. that then once you weed through all of those things, you kind of get a better um, healing in the end. That makes a lot yeah. of sense. And so the way that we actually find these remedies is we do a quite extensive intake. So for here at Resilience Naturopathic, um, we schedule up to three hours. You know, it's generally about two to three hours, just depending on on the doc and the um, the, the kiddo and the, a, lot, a lot of factors. But generally two to three hours we're spending with people because we mm -hmm. need to know their entire history. We need to know the details, not just like my kiddo has OCD. Okay, what mm -hmm. happens with OCD? Not, um, not just that my kiddo has rage. Okay, what does your child look like? What triggers the rage? What do they look like when they're having the rage? Um, walk me through what happens. What calms them down? Is there a time of day that this gets worse? And so it's you know, really getting to know almost like we were experiencing ourselves, which is probably why I got so good at it so in the mm -hmm. beginning, because I'd had that experience. Um, so I was able to connect with that really, really pretty quickly. 
but we have to understand in great detail what somebody is experiencing so that we can then match the symptoms. And what we're doing as, as docs is we're gathering all of this information. And so we have to have had the knowledge and awareness of pans and pandas uh, in great detail so that we know to ask you these questions that you might not even think, oh, this yeah. is something to be included. Um, so we also, um, so just for finally, Remy, we need to know it well enough to know what's characteristic and what's not, know what to dig more for. Um, we also have to know the remedies um, that we are are considering. And then we have to go through um, the literature. So what we're always doing here at Resilience Naturopathic is we're going back to look at the um, documentation that we have from testing on human subjects to know what these symptoms, what symptoms can be um, elicited by taking these particular remedies in a healthy person so that we know what they can be used for uh, treating somebody who is in an unhealthy state, um, as well as clinical verifications. So we're basically like gathering all this information to really understand exactly what's going on, growing through our little Rolodex in our brain of remedies, looking up and using um, some tools to compare other remedies as well. And then we're going through the literature to um, make sure that what we're seeing um, in the, the kiddo matches up to what has been verified multiple times to actually be effective for. So it's a pretty in-depth in process that we go about to find these things. That's why um, most people are finding that they are having significantly more success with treating pans and pandas uh, using homeopathy if they're working with a skilled practitioner who specializes in pans and pandas. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And so, you know, you kind of talked about that initial appointment. How long are you finding that treatment takes? Um, like, is it is it years? Does it, you know, really yeah. vary? Yeah, so with homeopathy, what we're doing is we're just gently stimulating the body to heal. So the remedy isn't necessarily doing anything more than nudging the body to do what it's supposed to do on its own, which is how it's actually addressing that susceptibility. So it's getting the body to like move back into its ability to handle these infections on its own, fight because, you know, if you think about it, we don't always need antibiotics. We can help have an appropriate immune response and reduce our susceptibility to getting sick, period, you know, because Again, susceptibility, not everybody who comes in contact with a, an infection is going get, to get sick, right? Right, yeah. So homeopathy helps to strengthen um, your resistance to certain things as well as restore a more appropriate immune function. And so it takes time. So we generally say it's two to three steps forward and one step back and another two to three steps forward and one step back. Um, I'm a hiker, so I always compare it to like hiking a mountain um, that we even when we are going a little bit downhill, which is that one step back where we see some symptoms start to return, um, that we are still making forward progress. We just need to make an adjustment to the remedy, either changing the preparation of it or changing the remedy itself if symptoms have changed um, to continue that process heading toward the top. Um, and so it, it generally, I mean, it takes a while. Um, for most people here at Resilience Naturopathic, the average time that we're working with people is about 18 to 24 months until they're going to like as needed visits where they just um, are taking remedy every once in a while if they see symptoms start to peek in and, you know, they might follow up a couple of times a year just to, to tweak things a little bit. Um, but we also have, have lots of people that usually after that two year mark, um, get to the point that they are, they don't need us anymore. We always say that our job is to work ourselves out of a job. And, and the good thing is that homeopathy can actually do that. It can, can lead to that level of repair of the susceptibility that people don't need regular follow-ups. Um, and the way I'm sure this is like, I'm trying to read somebody's mind right here. The way that we know that we're there is that they can actually get exposure, repeated exposure to something that they've been um, triggered by before and not have 
uh, pans or pandas flares. Oftentimes they'll have just like regular strep symptoms if they get exposed to strep or sometimes strep will be going around the school and they have no symptoms at all because they're just, they're that much stronger that their body's able to fight it off. Oh, wow. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Um, so on your website, it mentions kind of that the treatments can get families off the flare roller coaster. And I really identified mm-hmm. with that myself. I mean, <laughs> we have seen that with my son, um, kind of seeing the flares for so many of the things that you already mentioned, allergies, virus exposure, exposure, stressful times. And then we're always kind of looking at the next step. So I think you kind of explained some of this, but I guess I'm sort of wondering the why does that always happen? But then with your treatment, are we looking then, is it just a tweak or do you kind of have to start all over again? with a flare, I guess. You definitely don't have to start all over again. So flares are a normal part of the process. I wish so much that we could just give a remedy and like everything would be fine. It would be smooth sailing. Like that whole analogy of climbing a mountain with two to three steps forward and one step back. I always say, I wish that it could be like riding an elevator or even an escalator where it was just nice and smooth and like, just get to where you want to go without needing to have all the ups and downs in the treasury. Um, but the treasury does still have improvements that are, are being held. You're not going back to square one. It's just, you know, your body is, um, well, a couple of things can happen with a flare. So first and foremost, what we're trying to do with homeopathy is we're trying to get the immune system functioning appropriately. So it's sort of retraining it and reducing that susceptibility. Um, and so while you're still susceptible, um, when the before the full healing has occurred, you're going to get exposure to things and have things um, show up, have have flare symptoms show up because we're the body has not really fully retuned itself, if you will. Mm. Um, and so, eventually, the body has had that that ability to completely retune itself, and you don't have those flares anymore. So it's not starting over again every time that things have like a drop back. Um, when you're talking about with homeopathy. It could be from exposure to something that is more powerful than the response to the remedy. Mm. Or if you're already on a remedy and you haven't necessarily had a known exposure, the way that the remedies work is it's like, again, it's a gentle stimulus to the body to heal. And I will compare it oftentimes to like the sound of, I have like the fan that I have running in my, my office here. Um, I am, I just noticed the sound of the fan right now because I was looking for a sound that I could, could call out, um, when it first got started, I noticed it, um, the noise that it made, and then my body attuned to it. Right. And so um, I I completely tuned it out. And the body will do that similar type of thing with a homeopathic remedy. After a time, it tunes it out. And so at that point, when it's tuned it out, we'll see some symptoms start to come back, whether or not there's been an exposure. Um, And at that point, all we have to do is adjust the remedy. So sometimes if there are any new symptoms or changes in the symptoms that we have seen will get a different remedy to continue the healing process. And sometimes we'll make an adjustment in the potency if there's really nothing that's been different. And what that is like, going with the sound analogy, that's like going from one octave to another octave with the same note on a piano. It's the same thing, but it's just slightly different um, so that we can pick up on it again. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. And I'm just thinking, I know with a lot of pandas kids or pans as well, that sometimes the onset is pre-puberty. And then, mm-hmm. you know, how does puberty impact that? Is that sometimes another flare coming yeah. on? Or because I, I would think that that would sort of throw that tuning of the body maybe out a little bit. 
It does. I always am really excited when I can get somebody before puberty um, or after puberty when we and, and that we can get things handled, especially if we can get it ta um, taken care of before puberty starts. Um, things just generally go a lot smoother. Um, okay. A lot of times if we can get it managed before puberty hits, we don't have the same uh, complications that we have if we're in the middle of getting things managed um, with puberty because puberty throws in that extra thing with um, the and the endocrine system becoming more right. involved as well in a, a much higher level than it was previously. Cause I mean, it was already sort of involved with the amount of stress and cortisol and, and whatnot um, that, and, and disruptions to melatonin um, that we see with these kiddos with their sleep disruption as well. Um, but yes, puberty does throw a little bit of a wrench in things and it oftentimes will shift the, the, the nature of the symptoms that are being experienced as well. Um, it's still absolutely possible to work with. It just gets a little bit more complicated. And that's also complicated by the fact that generally at that time, kiddos are a little bit less willing to communicate what it is that they're experiencing, both with parents right. and with docs. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. no, that makes a lot of sense. Possible. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, I know when I interviewed uh, Dr. Scott and Alan Antoine, they talked a little bit about mold being something that is um, present in a lot of the pandas children that they treat and tends to be kind of an underlying issue. And it's something that I've heard from many families and we're looking at for my son as well. So I'm just wondering if you found that to be common in your practice and, and then is there like a specific treatment or does that just kind of add to that list that you're you're looking to treat so mold is definitely a problem it's one of the things that um, i'd mentioned earlier can be a really big trigger for kids with pans uh, and so it, it is definitely a problem however it's not something that we have to just focus exclusively on the mold we do have to pay attention to the mold because um, if we are living in a, an environment that has high levels of toxic mold that's not healthy for anybody and it's especially not healthy for a pans or pandas kiddo but we're still having to focus on that susceptibility. So like if, mm. if you find mold in your home, you're not having panda symptoms, I presume, um, but your son is, right? And so you still have different susceptibility to it. I always give my family as an example, I have been through years and years of homeopathic treatment. So I am in a much higher level. I'm less susceptible to the world, period. Um, my husband has not been through as much time uh, getting homeopathic treatment. And he is actually quite susceptible to mold. He is my canary uh, for mold. Um, he does have a little bit of, of impacts on his sleep and his mood, um, but his telltale sign is actually a rash. So it's not necessarily that like mold is going to cause pan symptoms. Mold can cause lots of different things for, you know, it depends on what your, your weakness is or what your susceptibility is. Um, and so we still have to address that with homeopathy. But in addition to that, we do need to remediate if we have a high level of mold, because while homeopathy can help with that susceptibility and the reactivity that you have to mold, um, there are certain amounts of mold that, that you just have to remediate. Um, so that's really where we focus um, is, is just on including the reaction, the symptoms that are, are present as a result of exposure to mold in that big global picture that we're looking at with homeopathy. And so kind of beyond the homeopathic remedy, do you then also suggest other changes like diet? You know, you mentioned maybe environmental mm -hmm. changes, other lifestyle kind of changes, something like therapy, maybe to help with stress. Like, do you sort of see that integrated piece or do you kind of just focus Sometimes. your clients? Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes it just, it depends on the individual. I mean, that's really yeah. what it comes down to with pans and pandas. If you've seen one kid with pans, you've seen one kid with pans. I mean, you you can really 
um, there's like common threads, but they all have their own unique ways of, of responding to things, the, the symptoms that they present and the, the things that are triggers. Um, and so um, we also, we need to absolutely take a look at the diet because, you know, homeopathy is not this be all end all panacea, you know, like nothing in health is right. Mm-hmm. So homeopathy cannot supplement for a, a poor diet, you know, we, so we do need to look at, um, you know, if, if a kiddo is having some of their symptoms, because they're deficient in nutrients, because their diet is just, you know, white bread and pasta, um, then we, we do need to take a look at the diet. Um, the good news is that a lot of the things that we see with these kiddos is that they are more accepting of healthier diets after they've started homeopathic treatment. Mm. Um, so we don't that tend to sense. start yeah, we, because, well, they're healthier, right? And so yeah, like, they're yeah. more willing and able because like a healthy body wants healthier things. Like when, mm-hmm. you, you know, when, you, when you're wanting junk food, you're probably not feeling your best self, right? You're probably yeah. not in the best state. Um, and so they are more accepting and more willing and um, to, to accept different foods um, in part because we're treating the sensory processing stuff. We're also treating the OCD that could be contributing to avoidant restrictive, restrictive food intake disorder. Um, you know, all of the things that go around with diet. Um, therapy is occasionally, um, really beneficial as well. It's just, again, kid to kid. And the things that we will see can be most, um, helpful trauma therapy. If there was any trauma associated with, um, the pans or pandas or anything that contributed to flares, mm-hmm. um, we can also see occasion for some kiddos, exposure response prevention can be helpful, but it's not always necessary. And for some kiddos, that's just really, really hard. Um, and almost traumatizing in and of itself. Um, but those are, we'll, we'll sometimes look at those things. And then occasionally we do recommend some like CBT. Um, so cognitive behavioral therapy for kiddos who maybe have been dealing with it for quite some time and they've almost integrated ways of behaving that are not necessarily any longer dictated by inflammation, but that are still happening because they have learned that they get, Mm. um, certain outcomes if they behave a certain way. And like parents can usually tell when that shift has happened because, um, they go from like recognizing that their child cannot control it to like actually being able to control it in situations or with the right consequences coming up. Um, that's when they can sort of see that that shift has happened and that, that, um, sometimes therapy is helpful there. And sometimes depending on, on the family dynamic, sometimes I'll actually even recommend parents do some like parenting coaching, um, because Mm -hmm. the nature of what, like, of the kid that you're, you're parenting has changed. And so like your parenting strategies have to change, um, as well. And so those are sort of the things that we'll throw in every once in a while. Um, occasionally, um, so, you know, we are here at Resilience Naturopathic anyway, we are all trained naturopathic doctors. So we have expertise in homeopathy, but are trained in lots of other modalities as well. And occasionally we'll recommend something else. Um, and even, uh, tell people if they have an active infection that they need short term course of antibiotics, but our, our goal is to have everybody off of antibiotics long-term, especially these kiddos who are on it for years and years and years. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so then basically after going through the treatment program, the idea is to sustain long-term health independently. Yeah. Yeah. Our, like I said, our goal is to work ourselves out of a job. And I love it when I get to talk to somebody and they haven't taken a dose of their remedy in six months or more. And I'm like, look, your, your kiddo's done. We don't, you don't need me anymore. You can give me a call if something comes up. 
Um, but yeah, it's it basically homeopathy is helping to restore that health. A lot of people will continue to use homeopathy, but they're not needing it for chronic conditions anymore. They're using it for acute things that come up like a, an acute, you know, sniffles that come across or like, you know, normal teenager stuff that they're dealing with, with some like disappointments in love and, you know, stress about, you know, college entrance exams, that kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. So that makes sense. It can still be a partner throughout, but not having to address pandas or pans. Yeah. Not needing to take a remedy every day or talk to a doctor every month or anything like that. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. And so I think like having looked at your website, it looks like you do a lot of this virtually as well. We actually are exclusively virtual at this point. When we started expanding, when I, I made the commitment to uh, serve this community and to serve the heck out of them as best as I possibly could, I made the decision that it was um, in, in everybody's best interest for me to be able to hire the best homeopathic, naturopathic doctors, uh, mm-hmm. no matter where they were located. And so we decided to go ahead and do exclusive virtual practice. So um, while I'm based out of San Diego, everybody's working online. Wow, that's amazing. Well, and then I mean, to that, you can also serve really anybody, right? Exactly. Like we wanted to, we wanted to like reduce as many barriers to um, getting this, this support as we possibly could. So yeah, we work with people all over the world um, and do exclusive virtual work. Amazing. That sounds great. And I think so many people are going to find this very interesting and um, very hopeful, I guess, is, is <laughs> what I would like to say. Is there anything else in terms of the treatment that, that you'd want to mention or any other tools? You know, I think that the challenge here is that I'm trying to be concise and give like uh, something that I could literally spend hours and hours and hours talking about um, in a very short period of time. So um, if you don't mind, I would be happy to share a place that people could learn in more depth about um, homeopathy. No, that's absolutely great. Yeah, if you can share, um, share that and then any of the social media or, you know, website handles, things like that would be great. Yeah. Yeah, so um, our website is a an okay place to start, but I'll be perfectly honest, it's just it it it's not where we have the most of our information. Um, what I recommend if people want to learn more about homeopathy for pans and pandas or homeopathy in general is to join our Facebook group, uh, which is called Homeopathy for Pans and Pandas. Um, I just have a couple of questions people need to enter. We do want to make sure that anybody who's in the group is a parent of a child with pans or pandas. And um, we do this because this is a, a group for people to connect with each other as well. So we've got two, two parts to it. Um, we do a ton, like literally hundreds of hours of educational videos in that group, um, starting with a, a mini course that teaches you all that you need to know about homeopathy, about pans and pandas, testing for it, additional considerations, how homeopathy works, how we generally are doing things um, with a little bit more structure than we were able to have today. Um, and then uh, lots and lots of videos that I do with our docs and then other mothers and such uh, to like really bring down the um to, you know, from the doctor level to like, here's what it actually looks like in your home. Um, mm-hmm. So hundreds of hours of videos to teach you all that you want to know about homeopathy and pans and pandas um, is in that group. Um, and then the other aspect of it is that it's really become a, a strong support community um, because everybody who's in there is a parent of uh, a child with pans or pandas. And so it's a place for people to connect and support each other and, and lift each other up. Um, and so that's why we also make sure that, the you know, not just anybody can join um, to learn more about uh, that particular group. However, we are working um, in the very near future on uh, launching our own podcast uh, to basically do the same work that we're doing in the group, but make it in a more accessible way so that we can have that special protected place for parents, but then also give that information out to the community. Um, so 
the best way to find out more about the podcast and the YouTube video, uh, YouTube channel when we launch it is to just follow me on social media. Um, so follow me um, right now, primarily on Facebook. Um, and so it's Dr. Jennifer Barr, that's B-A-H-R. You can find me there and follow me and we'll definitely uh, make sure any announcements for the podcast or the YouTube program, uh, YouTube channel are um, announced there so that you can follow those as well. If you're somebody who is interested in learning or think you may have a friend or something like that, um, but don't really meet the criteria to join the Facebook group. That sounds amazing. I'm really looking forward to the podcast. That will be great. Um, <laughs> it's not something that's super easy to find. And yet, um, I think that it's will so be needed. good so yeah, information for community. And I know that so many people that are like family members and things like that are trying to learn more. And um, so I think this will be helpful for them as well. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. And I will link up to your Facebook as well in the show notes. And I've really appreciated this conversation and all of the extra information that you've given us. Well, thank you so much for having me. It was fun. Thank you again to Dr. Jennifer Barr from Resilience Naturopath for her time today and explaining homeopathic remedies in such wonderful detail so that everyone can understand how this treatment works. And I really think it sounds like a great method for Pandas Pans, and I'm really interested into digging into it further myself. I think her Facebook group, the Homeopathy for Pans and Pandas, uh, parent group sounds great. It's something that I'm a part of and I'm very interested in her podcast and YouTube work as well. Please check her out on Facebook as she mentioned as Dr. Jennifer Barr and I will link up to that in the show notes. Thanks again for listening and have a great week. I wrote a book. I'd love for you to check it out. Pendulum by S.E. German is available now. Pendulum is a heartwarming story that follows a young boy who experiences mental health challenges like anxiety, OCD and depression, ADHD and tics following an infection. It turns out he has a little known disorder called PANDAS. The book follows the young boy as he struggles with his health issues as well as regular middle grade issues and it can act as a wonderful catalyst between you and your children to talk about mental health issues and other things that are going on in their life. Pendulum is available online through Amazon Worldwide, Barnes & Noble, the Friesen Press Bookstore, and a number of other online retailers worldwide. And you can check out Chapter 1, the audio version of Pendulum for free on the Learning to Slay the Beast podcast in Episode 64. I hope you enjoy Pendulum by S.E. German and let me know what you think. I'm excited to announce that in June of 2021, I'm going to be running my first 30-day challenge for everyone that signs up for my mailing list. As you may know, I'm giving out a 30-day self-care calendar when you sign up for my mailing list. And along with that, we can then do all of those 30 ideas that are only 10 minutes long throughout the month of June. 
every day. Join me as I'm doing IG lives and posting about it on my Instagram account and start building in the self-care to every day. So if you want to join me, please visit the link in the bio of my Instagram page. It's at Sarah, S-A-R-A-L-A-D-Y-G-L-U-T-E-N, at Sarah Lady Gluten. Click on the link in my bio. And from there, at the bottom of that page, you can sign up for my mailing list. I tend to send emails every two weeks or so with just updates on the podcast and my writing and things that are going on. And you'll also then right away get a free 30-day self-care calendar. Join me for Self-Care June. Thank you for listening to the Learning to Slay the Beast podcast. Please keep in mind this podcast is not intended to be medical or professional advice. If you are looking for that advice, please seek that out from a professional. If you'd like to hear more from me, you can visit my blog, www.theallergybeast.wordpress.com or follow me online at Sarah Lady Gluten on Instagram, S-A-R-A-L-A-D-Y-G-L-U-T-E-N, or the Facebook page, Sarah-LadyGluten. If you do like the podcast, please consider subscribing so that you will get the podcast update every week and or reviewing the podcast on whatever platform you listen to. Thanks again and have a great week.